0: It's okay if you're not making the most of this pandemic. This is The Focus Group.
1: It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. (laughs) And learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are still in isolation. We hope you guys are all being safe as well. Be sure to catch our show every Wednesday. We'll be right here live at 1 p.m. East. And also our podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned, which you can find Tuesdays in the morning, released through SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to focusgroupradio.com to find all the information about us. I hope you're having a good time. There you are, John.
2: Hello, Mr. Bennett. This is one of the few weeks uh, where I can actually see you as I talk to you. Because before there was some equipment issues and I could only see myself, which actually proved to be pretty useful because I would just stare at the screen straight ahead. And when I edited the video later, it looked like I was staring straight ahead, which is what you want to do with the camera.
0: Well, that was smart because um, I, I, I've i been trying to. So I wear, I wear glasses or readers to be able to see. You still are not... Um, that to that point yet i guess at least at least you can see your computer screen and i've been trying to find a way so i don't get glare and i have watched all these tutorials about lighting at home because people are trying to do this now since everyone's doing multiple sort of um video conferencing at home but they keep saying to put light behind me or light in front of me or light above me or put a scrim here or something i've tried all different ways i can't get the glare off of my glasses so I, i don't know what to do
2: well you look fine, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about, you know, well oh, I have my see glasses you on
0: now, but when I put my glasses on, so and it's guess what? John, glare. Do you notice what color I have on today?
2: Chartreuse. Can you see my No,
0: it's green, just regular green. Well, oh, that's a form of
2: chartreuse, yeah.
0: No, chartreuse is bright green. anyway, this is an olive green, but I, I, I laugh because we can never wear green behind the green screen. So I thought this is probably <laughs> one of the few shows where I could actually wear a green sweater.
2: So. That's true. That's so true. Um and there are things that I have not bought in the past, shirts and stuff because uh it was green and I thought, well, if I ever worked to the studio, I'm not going to look, you know, look my best cuz I'll okay. be fading away. Hey, um did you happen to catch, you know, I know that everybody's new favorite uh scientist is Dr. Fauci, but I kind of scratched my head today when he made a comment about how in the future he hopes that we may never return to handshaking again, which I thought was kind of like, nah, I don't mind a good handshake. But were we taught about a firm handshake, right? Well, you know, there's
0: something to be said. They haven't, uh, the Japanese for a while have um, kind of kept the, the virus at bay because they don't touch as much as we do, they just bow. Yeah. Correct, correct. But
2: now I think Tokyo was it. Were they going into lockdown or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's finally caught up. But they were out in the streets to cherry blossoms, doing the whole, doing the whole thing. But they did close schools early. But there was something I was reading. It was in the automotive news. They were talking about how some of the Asian cultures don't seem to have had, had as much of the spread of the virus, and they think part of it was culturally. If you look at the Italians or the Spanish, where it's been really bad, uh, even the Iranians, there's lots of touching between people. If you look at um, if you look at the Asian cultures, particularly the Japanese culture, there's not so much of the huggy, touchy, shake hands sort of thing. It's it's bowing. So it's maybe bowing. there's something. exactly. It. <clears throat> I don't maybe know. there I, is. But you think I, you're gonna stop you you're gonna stop shaking hands?
2: I'm I'm guessing we're that's going to be a new social norm. We're now going to uh, have to think about that when we offer someone our hand and they don't take it. It couldn't. It could be because they're not being, they're being cautious and they're not being rude. But I think that many months down the line, we'll have to cross that bridge. I still plan on being a handshaker unless something happens.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because I was uh, walking my dogs in the neighborhood and there was uh, a guy that was power washing and I thought, hmm, I I should probably get his card. So I stopped him and he gave me his card and we were talking back and forth. And then when I went to leave, I was like, nice to meet you. And I put my hand out and he's like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, sorry, I forgot about it did you put the card did you put the business card in quarantine no I didn't do that but I just thought I mean it was so funny he was so shocked when I put my hand out and I didn't even think twice about it because exactly what you said you meet somebody you have a nice conversation you say goodbye you shake their hand right that's what you do
2: exactly exactly yeah that's what uh, you hope happens right
0: yeah so it was really kind of really kind of odd in that way but uh so spring has sprung have you uh did you have you at least been out in your yard and get some fresh air
2: Got a ton of work done. Um, I'm amazed. I think we talked about this on Unbuttoned. I'm amazed at how much crap is on the lawn, even though we had a fall cleanup. It's pine needles. Pine cones galore, by the way. The pine trees went crazy this year. Uh, Lots of pine cones, needles. But, yeah, everything looks great because we've been able to be outside and and take care of the property. And we've seen some of our neighbors. Of course, we've kept the six foot, um, the distance. (laughs) We've kept safe for that. And we did go to the grocery store the other day, and it kind of freaked Bob out when he got home. He was washing his hands, washing his hands. And, and by the way, the store is no longer some kind of pleasant little thing because everybody's wearing masks and gloves. And it's just super weird, right? It's just super weird. Did you wear a mask or a bandana? What did you do? Um, neither, but Bob did download the patterns to make um, a mask. So we're going to have them in the future, the cloth, the cloth ones. But we all know that that's just really to make sure that if you're asymptomatic – that you're not going to spread it if you have it. Um, but we've been up here so long that I, if I had it, I think it's gone by now. Right. I would think so. You've been
0: what going on four weeks, right? Yeah. Almost a month now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gotta be that. That's my, at least that's my, my thought on all of this is that if you've, if you haven't got something by now and you've been essentially just you and Bob together for three weeks, it's probably, you're probably okay.
2: One could hope. One could hope. Right? One could
0: hope. So hey, we want to um, before we get too far into the show, let you know that uh, throughout the year, we have a, a new partner here with us on the focus group called Fiverr, F I V E R R, and uh, it's a great place if you're looking to find freelance talent, or you have projects that um, that need to be need to be done, and you you're always I, I can't tell you how many times people ask John and I, hey, do you know somebody who does copywriting or web design or can do um, a, a proofreading of something or to help help with design. And uh, this is great, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. It's great on-demand talent. It's funny, over the weekend, a friend had sent me a note, and she listens to the show, and she said, hey, you talked about this company that you had on to get freelancers. I want to have a jingle done for my company. And so I said, oh, you'll have to go there. So I went and I looked, but she thought it was going to be thousands of dollars. And she thought, I'm going to have to probably spend a couple thousand dollars. And I said, the great thing about Fiverr is you can, but you could also get a couple done for under a 100, and then you can get moderate priced in the hundreds, and then you can go all the way up into the thousands. And she was delighted. So I'm excited to see what she she finds, and uh, when she does, we'll share it with everybody. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing.
2: Let's I, I love, love, love the idea of having a jingle done through Fiverr. It never occurred to me, and that's one of the reasons we love Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Now if she gets back, if you think it's butter, but it's not, <laughs> it's chiffon. Then we know there's something going on, <laughs> but she'll probably get, you know, jingle. These are musicians, right? <laughs> musicians are not working all the time and they probably sit down and have a ball with this stuff. Like, let's do it. But it, it, could you imagine one of those coming through, like someone from another country picking up a jingle from the 1950s in America? and are like, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> Well, what's funny but, uh, is I
0: went. I went right to the site to look, and I typed in. So you can go and you can search just about anything. And then I, I typed jingles, and then you can go to either the premium side or you know the pricing. So it was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing.
2: Now we we used Fiverr for our new logo, and we're now involved. Tim's actually spearheading Fiverr efforts for our new website, and uh, that's actually for all of you that are thinking of doing this. I've always said. Um, write down your ideas, give the designer or the coder or whoever you're working with some ideas. I think a jingle may be a little different. You don't want to throw them off. Like, here's three of my favorite jingles. <laughs> you <don't laughs> think you want to do that. But the more information you give to a designer in general, the better the work's going to be when you get it back. And um, the same is true of Fiverr. And as Tim has said earlier, you could spend $1,000 or you could spend $50 or $100. It's a full range, and when we do work with Fiverr, we usually work with two or three designers at a time at different price points, we get some pretty interesting and cool results back. So um, we want to thank them for being with us. It's a perfect fit for us, and I think it's going to be a perfect fit for you. We have heard from a lot of listeners that have been using Fiverr, and they've been using the code as well, so we're really pleased by that. And we'll give it to you again. It's The site is Fiverr, dot com, and if you use the code FOCUS, you'll get um, 10% off your first order. So it's Focus, F-O-C-U-S, and you'll get 10% off your first order at
0: Fiverr.com. Fiverr.com. So, hey, Mr. Nash, what caught uh, your eye this week?
1: What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found.
2: This caught my eye, caught uh, when Garrett saw the deck. He approved, caught his eye as well. Really? (laughs) It's because it's funny. So there's this thing that apparently has been something the Finns, the Finnish, have done for quite a long time, and it's called pants drunk. And basically, you get drunk in your underwear, but um, they have a word for it. It's so commonplace there, and the word they use is kalsarikannat. Don't, Kalsarikanat.
0: Don't even try Finnish. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know Finland is one of my favorite places I've ever visited, but the craziest language I ever heard i are probably isn't it? way off. Oh, there's a million consonants that don't say a thing. It's probably way off. <laughs> I've, I've never heard such a tough,
2: guttural language. language. To wear with. Yeah. So it says in English, the rough translation is pants drunk. And if there was ever a time for pants drunk to become a trend in America, it's probably right now. Uh, so I don't always drink in my underwear, but when I do, I tell everyone it's a Finnish tradition, says Miles Teller a 33-year-old actor who started posting pictures of himself doing this on Twitter. He learned about Pants Drunk on a trip to Finland last year and has been a cheerleader for it ever since. Well, no doubt. To me, it's about (laughs) relaxing and thinking about other things than work, responsibilities, or obligations. So the idea that you come home, you, you, you take off your clothes, you're in your boxer shorts, your briefs, whatever, and you start drinking, that means work is over, and a prerequisite is that you're not leaving the house later. That, that what pants drunk also is you're staying home you're home and you're you're undressed and, and one thing it says here is and the dress code is beyond Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll say so this one guy uh, Ray Hudson a financial analyst in New York City is convinced that the Finns are uniquely positioned to teach Americans how to survive social isolation and he says for nine and a half months of the year the Finnish live in a dark and freezing environment Often the streets are deserted, and human interaction requires a daunting trek. Makes sense. So they come up with uh, pants drunk. So there are there are several books about it. One of them was published in 2018. It's now in 13 languages, and it's basically called Pants Drunk is the book. So you might want to look that up. But that was what caught my eye. Getting bombed in your underwear. <laughs> you know, I
0: saw I saw that. It's funny. I don't know where you saw where you found that because I I saw that Times. story too, and I skimmed it and I laughed because. I have a friend down here who wanted to go for a walk, and, and I was a little late um, getting back to him by about 45 minutes. And it was early in the afternoon, and I said, you know, do you still want to go for a walk? And he's like, ah, and I started drinking. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we won't go for the walk. Well, but, so uh, Wait,
2: wait, wait. How long before 5 o'clock was it?
0: Oh, it was like 2.15. He's like, you know— <laughs> He sent, he sent me the note about quarter to quarter to 11 and, and, and uh, you and I had some other work stuff we were going to do, but he said, hey, would you like to take the dogs for a walk? I said, sure. So by the time I got back to him, I'm like, hey, do you still want to go for that walk? He's like, yeah, I started drinking. I was like, well, okay.
2: It was, it was like a Wednesday, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, the uh, Grizzly Adam look is pretty much filled in there. I see more of the beard now. Dark yeah, mustache, I'm, it's kind of like a snidely whiplash look there, but or whatever that guy was called from uh, that cartoony watch. But I do like the growth. It's uh, well, I, a, I, retic- I, I, I,
0: well, I was thinking of going, you know, I, I would say I would never do it, but I was thinking of going to get some hair dye just to darken it up a little bit to see what it would look like. But because people, there's something called crema or cremo or something that they have at CVS where people dye their beard. I, it was itching, and I thought I would take it off, And um, but I don't have any electric razor here to to trim it back before you do the regular, you know, hardcore razor. So I'll see what happens. I may just let my hair and beard grow until this is over, be down to my belly.
2: <laughs> now, um, I'm in a different position because I started cutting my own hair, mm. God, maybe eight or nine years ago. Um, I remember when I a friend of mine said, you know, you should be cutting your own hair. It's easy. And then and I remember I, I talked to you about it and Brian Roman at AdMark 360. Admark yeah, Brian 360, cuts his own hair. He does a good job. And And Brian sent me a note and said, here's how you do it. Here's what you buy. And here's how you go about doing it. And I followed his instructions to the letter. And from that day forward, I've always cut my own hair. Well, I'm doing it up here, and I'm, I'm so I'm keeping all the grooming going, but we were on this group Zoom call, like a virtual cocktail thing with friends in Massachusetts and down in the city, and I posed the question to everybody on the call. I said, I'm easy to take care of because I've, I'm practically bald. I'm like Lex Luthor. Um, to Tim's Superman, as some of our listeners used to always say, Tim's like Superman, John's like Lex Luthor, so you're the hero, I'm the villain. But I posed Uh the question of hair hair maintenance and everybody started laughing and they're all like, well, you know, if you have someone who you love and you trust them to cut your hair. (laughs) So I don't think Richard's going to be cutting your hair, right? No, 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 no. I'm going to let it go. I think I'll just let it go. See
0: what happens. I haven't. I tried to when I left Subaru back in, gosh, 2006 now, I thought of letting my hair grow long because I never, ever had long hair, really. You and I never never did. You know, it was a little floppy when we were in. High school, high school and college maybe. But, uh, I thought of growing it long. I don't know. We'll see. It's thin. So as my hair thins, it's, you know, I don't know what long hair it looks stringy and greasy. We'll see, see what happens. So anyway, <laughs> so what caught your eye? So this came from a friend of ours, a listener in Chicago. And, um, she's, she like all, the rest of us are, are in house and she hadn't had uh, mac and cheese in a box, you know, the Kraft macaroni and cheese for, she said it had to be 15 years or more. And so she found some in the cabinet, cooked it up, and now she's like, I'm craving it every day. So this
2: Kraft art- macaroni and <laughs> cheese. Yeah, there's a jingle which, for you. So please make some Kraft macaroni and cheese. Which I
0: think the last time I had it purposefully was when I got out of college, and I think the boxes were 23 cents. And I bought a whole bunch of them and lived off of that, uh, you know, in the 80s. But so this headline popped up in, in the uh, Chicago Tribune, and it said, we can't make enough mac and cheese. Processed food is undergoing a renaissance as people settle in for the long stretch of cooking at home. So th- they said that um, even though that the coronavirus has brought much of the world to a standstill, some of these food processing plants are working at full steam. And they said uh, Places like Kraft and the Heinz factory in in Illinois are running extra production lines around the clock to meet the surging demand of a lot of their legacy brands, which is actually surprising a lot of people. And one of them particularly is the Kraft macaroni and cheese. They said sales of Kraft macaroni and cheese and A1 sauce, mayonnaise and salad dressing has been through the roof. So Kraft has been running around the clock shifts to keep up with demand. They said other things like ketchup, Kool-Aid, uh, have also done really well. The mac and cheese sales, when they compare 2019 with 2020 are up close to 30%. The sales of vinegar are, uh, are up as well because people are using it for not only cooking, but cleaning. They said year, year over year sales for rice and beans, pasta, uh, has tripled and fresh meat can sales has doubled. Now I guess that's like spam. I don't know what's fresh meat sales. <laughs> Canned fresh in a can
2: fresh meat
0: canned Canned sales, sales. It, so it is, must be like spam or ham or is that
2: an oxy, is that an oxymoron to say fresh meat
0: and the word can, canned in, in the same sentence how does that work right yeah oranges uh they said are doing pretty well and um are up 57% so they said but um they said it's interesting because a lot of these products have fallen out of favor in recent years. And people have done more um, uh, more premium or higher-end goods or from smaller companies. But they say people in this time, because they're stocking up uh, and going to groceries, that they're going right to brands that they trust and that they grew up with and that they know. So all these brands are getting a resurgence. And so what they're trying to do, because they said it's almost like we're in the 70s, one of the guys said at the at the plant. He says everyone's eating like it's the 70s, again, with all these prepackaged foods. Um, soup was up 232% packaged and canned soup. And I'm sorry, I got the canned meat wrong. Canned meat sales are up 284%.
2: Can you imagine? Well, you can't. anybody who's gone to a grocery store lately, you can't go to a meat counter if it's it's if it comes in and it's wrapped and it's pre-packaged. Right. But I guess can't. I never can't eat. I guess must be spam, right? It has yeah. to be.
0: They said grocery grocery chains in general are uh, seeing sales jumps of at least thirty percent, and that uh, the one thing they're they're concerned. There's a couple of things that they're concerned with with all of this. First of all, the people in the factories. They're concerned mm-hmm. about being sick. Yep. So they're keeping them apart with distance of 10 feet or so. And in order to get people to show up, they're actually increasing wages. So Conagra and Tyson, for instance, are offering workers $500 bonuses. Uh, PepsiCo is trying to hire 6,000 workers and paying $100, for week, $100 per week more to hire them. Um, a number of companies are guaranteeing at least 12 weeks of pay. Oreo, one of our favorites, Mondelez International – they're also trying to hire a 1,000 workers and offering $2 more raise through May 2nd. And it just goes on and on with all these companies that are, um, that are trying to get employees, keep them healthy, and uh, keep up demand. The one thing that they said there's – so there's two things they're concerned about. I don't know if you can guess. But um, one of them is the uh, online delivery of groceries or ordering groceries online. So things like Instacart or Amazon Foods. That has gone up by almost 40%, whereas growth of that area was only, only probably in the teens. And they're wondering if this is going to be a trend now that everybody's doing this. Will they go back to wanting to go into a store? And this, you know, we've talked about
2: this with brick and mortar, right? What was the other thing that you thought would be hard to guess that was a trend. So I I actually think that's a 50-50 proposition the one you just said about going back to the store. I will still enjoy I'll still enjoy going and shopping, but I know that after people have experienced this, they may be on the fence and this might be a better way right. to do it. But what's the so other the, one?
0: So the second thing one of the analysts says, they wonder if this mass cooking at home experiment is going to change how often people dine out and realizing how expensive it is. You know this because you don't you've always been somebody who cooked at home. But they said, rather than having people eat out as much as we have, and we, as a trend, as Americans, they thought maybe this cooking at home and seeing how things could be done simply, or um, learning to, to work in the kitchen again, that maybe going out to a restaurant would be a treat once in a while, rather than eating out all the time. I know growing up, we rarely, it was a treat if you went out to eat. We always ate at home. I don't know. Did you go to restaurants a lot growing up?
2: Rarely, rarely. And it was, in fact, a special occasion. And right. uh McDonald's, I mean, we, we my parents did not consider McDonald's to be a restaurant, but that was a super, super treat. So you might yes. be able to go and get fries or something once every couple of months if you were good. But um, hand in hand with what you just said about this trend of not eating out, um, I was watching CBS this morning and they were interviewing a restaurateur who owns, I think, eight or 10 restaurants across the country, furloughed all the employees originally. Now they're all just unemployed. And he actually said something similar to this. He goes, the once beyond the fact that people are discovering that it's easier and cheaper, or not easier, but cheaper to cook at home. Um, he said, you know, restaurants relied on tables, people, and capacity. And if you have to have this social distancing thing going on for who knows how long, then the industry may never actually come back. Now, can you imagine that for a minute? And then they said they caveated that by saying, well, Places like Applebee's, right? You know, the, the big chain places will probably still be able to survive this, but the local restaurants that give a lot of areas their their flavor and a lot of employment to people are not are maybe are going to be really doomed. We'll see.
0: Yeah, they said one of the analysts did say they they talked about that at length. Uh, exactly what you said of, of could this be a new trend that's happening? The other thing they the other fallout they think is going to happen is that a lot of companies that were constantly doing brand extensions. Yeah. They said they really think this is helping them simple, simple, f- simplify their portfolios of brands and not constantly have to um, you know re- reinvent the wheel, which kind of reminds me of Oreo. I think Oreo did get a little bit ridiculous with the constant. It was fun when they did maybe one or two new flavors a season, but to do them every month or every week had to be too much and then you get nothing, right? So um we've even stopped trying to taste them a little bit because it just kind of got out
2: of control. I you know, and you, like... you hit on something perfect. The novelty wore off. Right. The novelty was the unique flavor that they would put out, and you would have fun experimenting or tasting it or seeking it out at the grocery store. But when they started putting out new flavors every two or three weeks, there was no novelty. It was like, yeah, right. all right, they're going to have a new flavor. Yep. So... And you know, um, before we continue, this is going to be the first show that we've done— Possibly in—I don't even know if it goes back to satellite days—that we're not in the studio for one of our birthdays. And so, for our listeners, Tim's birthday is the ninth; it's tomorrow. And yes, if you're a star sign person, he is in fact an Aries. And technically, we're actually—we're not star crossed. We get along fine. Aries and Libra are like good. Oh, that's my best sign.
0: I actually always look if someone's born in September, October, maybe a little bit in November. I'm—I'm good with them. We get along. (laughs) Most of my friends. Most of my best friends
2: are born in that time frame. Really, I can imagine. Like four or five days into November, you're like, I can't be your friend. You're you're a day further than I should be. <laughs> so uh, normally we have thing. We have treats in the studio. We bring in champagne or prosecco, and I usually get Tim something lemon based because champagne. he's not like I'm a chocolate guy. He's he's a lemon based guy. But the other day we were on the phone with our our lead copywriter for our agency, Greg. And Greg mentioned something that made me laugh my ass off. And he had a, a video, a recording done by a, like a personality for his brother's birthday at this cameo.com, you, right, you know, Tim? So I thought, I'm going to go to Cameo and I'm poking around and I found a celebrity that I think resonates with you. And uh, Garrett's going to play a birthday greeting for oh, me no. from this gentleman. So let's go, Garrett.
3: Tim, Larry Thomas, the Soup Nazi from Seinfeld here, and I got a birthday message for you from John and the Soup Nazi.
2: So, Tim,
3: happy birthday. I hear you love, I love Lucy and the B-52s and clam chowder. Especially the oyster crackers. Well, guess what? That's my favorite soup. And I love the oyster crackers, too. That might get you some soup. Yes, too bad the B-52s didn't have a song called Rock Clam Chowder instead of Rock Lobster. So. Anyway, for your birthday, you're going to want some soup. You're going to want some clam chowder. You got to do the ordering procedure properly. Know your soup. Have your money ready. Speak your soup in a loud, clear voice. Order and step to the left is to not block the menu from my other customers. Now, if you do this, you'll get your clam chowder, your oyster crackers, and some free bread. But, Tim, if you're pushing your luck, little man, then it could be <laughs> bread or Oyster crackers, $3. No clam chowder for you. Come back one year. Next. And then you'll just have to sit home watching reruns of I Love Lucy. So order properly. Get your clam chowder and your oyster crackers. Happy birthday and adios, muchacho. My.
0: Goodness, what a surprise. I can't believe, you know, <laughs> I saw the Soup Nazi on there when I looked at the cameo thing with Greg. That, I, that's, that's, that's really, you, you surprised me. I'm
2: actually embarrassed. So I did it like about a half hour after we got off that conference call. And I sat there for about 20 minutes because you could, you leave Larry, you leave him a message and you say, here's, right. so I said, uh, best friend Tim's birthday is, tomo- is is coming up. I said, he's a huge fan of all things Seinfeld. I love Lucy and the B-52s. I said his favorite soup is clam chowder.
3: And true, he always,
2: true, true. And I said, and he loves those oyster crackers, and he pushes his luck, and he usually asks for two packs. And I left it at that. Four hours later, he <laughs> chimes in with us, and I I loved it. We laughed. So happy birthday.
0: Thank you. Well, so you know what? So I'm not going to do – well, I'll mention who our business birthday was. just to, Oh, to our men- business
2: birthday is very important today. I like that to,
0: one. To to mention it. but um, But that was a very nice surprise. Thank you. Um, our our business birthday today actually, since my birthday is tomorrow. And thank you, John. That was uh, very thoughtful. And actually, you you outdid me because I usually do yours where I read read a little thing. So now now that you've you laid the gauntlet down, I've got to figure it out for the one for September I leveled up, <laughs> leveled up. So our birthday uh, today is Robert L. Johnson. And,
1: Everyone does uh, celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Thank you, Garrett and Steve. I,
0: I I jumped ahead for the I jumped ahead before the and uh, yeah. Hello, the boys in the booth. Welcome. I know we haven't we haven't said hello to the guys. How are you? Doing well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Surviving. Everything in New York is as it was last week.
1: A little less people around, but yeah, everything's still closed and every yep.
0: Singled. You know, I do, I do want to ask you, um, Garrett, because I don't know, Stephen, I don't know if you take the, the subway as well, but somebody had posted something on social media and showed a few of the subway cars jam-packed with people. Is that
1: true? Uh, one day there was like maybe 10 people standing and 10 people sitting in a car, but that was one day and I had to wait like really long for that subway. But usually it's like f- maybe four people in a car at a time at the most. Okay, because this
0: was... Yeah, the this ones w- I
2: take are always empty, too. The ferry, though. I take the Staten Island Ferry, and when they started restricting service, that got crowded the first couple of days. It was pretty bad.
0: Wow, because I wanted to call BS on this because somebody had posted a picture and it looked like typical um, rush hour in yeah. Manhattan. Literally, there was they, they looked like there were three hundred people on the subway car all crammed in. And I think I, thought, I saw
1: the same one, and most of yeah. the people had winter jackets on. Yes, exactly. I've worn a winter jacket this whole quarantine, so
0: yeah, that's yeah. what I thought too. I looked at I looked at their clothing, and I was like, this didn't just happen. Somebody's just trying to be controversial hmm. or something. So okay, cool. John, have you heard anything about people on the
2: on I saw mass the same article you did. did you? And I'm I'm I have friends who are still in town and who have to get around and they're careful about the train. And it's like Garrett said, it's everybody spread out a crowded car nowadays, maybe it's 15 people, a couple standing, a couple sitting. Right. Um, so yeah. Cool. What's your business birthday today?
0: So the business birthday is Robert Lewis Johnson. He was born April 8th, 1946. He's 74 years old. He's an American entrepreneur, media. Magnet an executive philanthropist and investor. And you probably know him best as the co-founder of BET, the Black Entertainment Network, and, uh, which was require, uh, acquired by Viacom in 2001. He also founded RLJ Companies, which is a holding company that invests in various other business sectors. He was um, the former majority owner also of the Charlotte Bobcats, and he sold them to uh, basketball great Michael Jordan. But, uh, he was also the very first, uh, African-American billionaire graduated from Princeton, 1972 after he graduated, he went and got a job in DC, which introduced him to the television industry. And then he went and worked over, um, doing public affairs as public affairs director for the corporation for broadcasting. And he said there, he really learned about the power and the untapped potential of television. So uh, while he was um, doing some work for the National Urban League, he decided to launch and founded in 1980 the Black, en- Black Entertainment Television and uh, became a full-fledged channel in 1983. And uh, it was also the first cable television network aimed at African-Americans uh, when they launched in 1980. Initially, it only aired for two hours on Friday nights, but uh, he turned a profit in 1985. And uh, he was also the very first uh, black-controlled company listed on the New York Stock Exchange in 1991, and then uh, in 1998, Johnson and Liberty Media bought all the outstanding shares, and uh, Viacom, as I said, acquired BET for three billion dollars in 2001.
2: So he's, he's. Could you go back for a second? Just one thing for it. Its initial. Um, its launch or its initial existence was only as a time block on someone else's network for two hours originally. Yeah, it was two hours on a Friday night, and it was it was programming
0: geared to to African American audiences. And he was one of the first, you could say, that probably uh, before cable really took a foothold, right in nineteen eighty s, said, you know what, I'm going to uh, direct the media directly to a particular audience. I mean, now cable is so spliced too, right, you, it's so so defined Sliced as up. to right. But uh, he was one of the first to do it in 1980 when he launched this uh, channel that was just going to directly um, target the African American uh, American household. And uh, so, as I said, he, it only aired for two hours on Friday nights, and then in '85 it became a full-fledged channel and uh, on the available on the cable networks. So he he of course is an, a a um, on a number of boards. We always laugh about that. I, you got to get one of these board seats, John. <laughs>
2: Hello, I want to be on a board. I want to be me.
0: <laughs> he's on the board. U.S. Air, U.S. Airways, which was, which is now uh, American, but Hilton Hotels, General Mills, um, Deutsche Bank, blah, da 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 da. And uh, right now he's uh, just doing some work with uh, a lot of philanthropy work. He did some work with uh, Morgan Freeman to raise funds for uh, the Bahamas when the hurricane came through. He also was very. Um, He had to apologize to President Barack Obama during the Hillary Clinton-Obama campaign in 2000, was it 2008? Um, He made some disparaging comment about Barack Obama and said, just because I'm African-American doesn't mean that I can't support Hillary Clinton. And he gave reasons why. And he actually alluded to the fact that he felt Barack Obama was a little too honest about his use of marijuana in his book. And, uh, he ended up later having to apologize. He got a lot of pushback from the African American community about, um, what he said about president Obama. Of course, long story short, now everybody's happy, right?
2: Well, yeah. And I'm surprised that he would get dinged, uh, that he would ding Obama for, well, I could see it two ways. He might've said something to him about, I wish you weren't so frank about the use of marijuana in your book. Maybe he was thinking about the broader role model implications of that. Um, but the other thing is, like, I, I have to wonder, and the boys in the booth can probably agree with me on this, I have to wonder who in America hasn't tried it. <laughs> like, there's a percentage of people, but I mean, most people have come in contact with liquor or marijuana, right?
0: Right. Well, he's 74, so he he's probably um, the tail end of that generation, um, right, that probably didn't. I mean, I, I don't know whether my parents
2: did. I don't know whether you're—do you know whether your no, parents ever did? Never did, No. It wasn't even available to them. Let's put it this way. It wasn't something yeah. they sought out. They didn't even really know about. So
0: so that's our uh, that's our business birthday. Robert Johnson, founder of the BET Network, amongst other things. And uh, 74 today. Doom, doom, doom. Let me, I, you know, John, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, did you print things out? Do you have a printer?
2: Yes, I do. I need I'm to get a printer. We talked about that before. I think you should get a little laser printer for your Delaware place. You I know, sure. inch it drives me crazy. You touch In it, it <laughs> smears. It smears. So, hey, everyone knows
0: that uh, Deep Discount's a friend of ours here on the Focus Group. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo. You can start owning Arr, your the shark. We see Sharky the Shark, and uh, you can own your passion. And, uh, of course, we like to get credit. Um, when you go through our website at focusgroupradio.com, right now they've, there's a, a site-wide uh, budget sale, so uh, all DVDs under ten dollars. And uh, I wonder what you picked this week, Mr. Nash.
2: Couple things. I want to do a shout out to uh, our friend Lauren at Deep Discount. Her husband had uh, surgery on elective surgery. Well, surgery on Monday. She was worried about it because all hospitals are now keeping everybody out, regardless of your if your loved one is there for. Something uh, like what John had. So he's doing great, and I'm happy about (laughs) that. And then Lauren also sent us a little note while she's watching the show, and she said, hilarious. She said, for whatever reason, when I watch you guys on Facebook, there is subtitling that comes on. What? And it says, Tim, when you introduced John this this morning, it was subtitled John came up as John Tina (laughs) Ash. That's going to be your drag name, Tina Ash. and guess what? You think so much like Lauren that Lauren just said, so now we know John's drag queen name. So thank you, Lauren, at deep discount. Yes, yeah, the under $10 sale and budget discs. And I I went through here. I can pick 10 discs in five seconds, folks. And they're all under 10. And there's some great movies. I went to a, a favorite of mine, though, that I think if you're a sci-fi fan and you like Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, then by all means pick up Source Code. It's uh, only, I think, uh, eight eighty-eight or something like that, or eight eighty. It's on Blu-ray for eight eighty. Uh, so he plays a, a soldier named Coulter Stevens, who wakes up not in his own body, and he's he's just he's actually reliving a moment over and over, being sent back to a train to defuse or stop a terrorist bomb from going off, and the story goes from there. It involves a lot of interesting little things. But I thought it was well acted, well done. And hey, for 880 during the uh, while you're locked down at home, I don't think you could stream it. So my choice was source code. Wow. Thank you, John <laughs> Tina John-tina. Ash. <laughs> John Tina. John Tina Ash. I like
0: that. I um I picked one that I think I might have picked before it came. It popped right up and I laughed and I always get a smile when I see it. It's one of these sleeper movies for me as much as John Hughes movies, I think, defined a generation this movie, to me, I remember seeing it, and I might have seen it with you in Watertown. And it's American Gigolo on DVD. And it came out in 1980 and stars Richard Gere and Lauren Hutton. And uh, he's a, a high-priced gigolo, and he services wealthy women. And I, I just remember the, the way the whole movie was... Um, Directed and produced, it had a very, uh, it, it looked very different than other movies I had seen. And the soundtrack was phenomenal. Of course, the famous song, Call Me, which uh, rocketed Blondie to fame and uh, in the mainstream, which we've talked about this before. Remember who was supposed to sing that song?
2: Oh. Call me. Was it wasn't um, no? To tell me, who was it? Stevie Nicks.
0: Stevie Nicks. Offer, That's right. They offered right. it. That's they right. offered it to Stevie Nicks, and she didn't do it. And probably would have been her biggest hit of all time, because it certainly was uh, it was for Deborah Harry and Blondie. But um, there was something, and then Giorgio Morata was the um, the person who did the music as well. Fame from uh, from club the music soundtrack. Yep. Right yeah. soundtrack, and if you listen to it, you can really hear this kind of very thumping, typical uh 80s soundtrack but i I just there was always something about that movie to me maybe it was my age of seeing it 1980 and and coming of age as an adult that um just always sat with me so that was my pick
2: six dollars 21 cents you can't beat that with a stick source code american gigolo and i bet you remember the scene from american gigolo i have a scene in my mind whenever that movie comes up i think of one thing in particular he's hanging remember the gravity boots he had oh yes the bar that went across, and he had to put the boots on, and he would hang there and do crunches. and then everybody went crazy for gravity boots after American Gigolo came out.
0: one one of the guys in my frat house, Jack, had them, and wore them all. wore them around to the clips all around the house. click click click. click. but he would hang himself in the middle of the doorway. he He used those things all the time. and of course, he yeah. also wore leather pants. And he was straight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those go figure scratch your head moments. Okay. We got some new releases. Lauren gave us some choices. She gave us two good choices. I think she knew I was going to go for the bait, like the mouse to the cheese for oh, the first God, one. I saw that. And I Just laughed. But I also chose her other one because I I want to see it, and it got great reviews and six Academy Award nominations. First up, Star Wars Episode Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker on Blu-ray. Okay. Did you see that? Saw did it in the theaters it? on opening day with my Star Wars I'm, Star Wars I'm Cali, you. Adrian, like, did you yeah, see it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, in fact, Tim, Adrian, and I, Adrian, and I had TikTok diner breakfast. Oh, went across oh the God. street, sat in the Dolby Cinema, watched Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> Star Wars pal, Adrian, he goes to every movie with me. We enjoyed it. We liked it. It pushes all the buttons. But uh, I'll just say to you right now that I'm the original trilogy guy because I grew up with those. And so those are always cemented in my mind. But I still was enjoyable. But the Blu-ray has a lot of ex- great extras, a lot of good DVD, a lot of um, documentaries, including a special one on John Williams and the scoring of the movies, which is cool. But the movie that I also wanted to focus on as a new release was Little Women. Ah, uh, writer-director Greta Gehrig's film. It's a uh, Little Women 2020 because there is a different Little Women with Renona Ryder that came out back in the uh, mid '90s, I think. This got a lot of uh, press before the Oscars, and it was supposed to be a great film. So I am going to definitely pick it up and see it because know, I'm going to see. I know, I know. We all know the story of Little Women, but seeing it interpreted right. with new actresses is going to be a cool thing. So there you go, folks. So a big thanks to Deep Discount. So it's the under ten and budget sale. Um, I pick Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. Tim went back to a classic favorite. Just think Gravity Boots, and you're going to pick up a copy of American <laughs> Gigolo. <laughs> and the new releases this week are Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker on Blu-ray, and Little Women, uh, writer-director Greta Gehrig, Gerwig, sorry, um, entry, and she got six Academy Award nominations for that. So what do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount! All right, we're going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, Tim found an article for us. And it's basically, it's okay not to be productive during the pandemic. We're at home. So we'll be back.
1: You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with The Focus Group. Really try. Listen, laugh and learn with Tim and John.
2: I never try anything. I just do
0: it. Hey, welcome back to the focus group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend John Tina. John Tina Ash. John Tina. 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 John John Tina. Tina, Tina. Ash. I didn't know that I didn't know that Facebook did a uh, did a did translate. Did a, Subtitles. Yeah, some trend, subtitles. Subtitles. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us. We're here every Wednesday live at 1 p.m. East. Of course, we're both in isolation uh, out of our homes, but uh, we still want to bring you fresh content every week. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com. You can download all of our past programming and catch up. Boy, what else are you going to do while you're at home, John? You, you don't have to be
2: productive. You can listen to well, the focus group, right? We we got that note from one of our listeners, who I love, um, and he said that I he goes like uh, I think we had a show that was close to an hour. He goes, I was able to clean the whole house today, and if you get Tim going on a rant, maybe I'll be the, maybe able to vacuum the living room. So, <laughs> so everybody, <Yeah>. hey, and <laughs> did I send you a note about a Rehoboth super listener? Because he, he did you get my email about that? I did. when did you send it? Did I, I sent, get it today? I just sent it the other day, and it's like there is a – we have a Rehoboth listener who says you always recommend – you always mention Rehoboth super listeners, our friends, you know, Mark and Carl. And he says I'm a super listener too, and he's been down there self-isolating. It must be Rob. I think the guy's name is Rob. Yeah. That's Rob. correct. Yeah. So he check. says hello as well. So what's this article you got for us? So it, it's um... – it, it, it's
0: interesting because a number of people were talking, and I myself said, you know, during this uh, pandemic while we're all, in, all at home, should I be doing something? Should I be cleaning out the closets? Should I be learning a language? Should I be um, catching up with old friends? Just a whole number of things. The lots of people we talked earlier about cooking. And so I saw this headline and said, it's okay if you're not making the most of the pandemic. And it did say that all of a sudden lots of people are using this time to develop new skills or think that you're, it's almost forced productivity. And you start asking yourself, should I be doing this too? What's wrong with me if I'm not? And they said, in some cases you may handle the uh, stay at home edict very different than somebody else. And that's okay. And you shouldn't beat yourself up. If you decide you want to sit around all day and binge watch a series or not take a shower that day or whatever, that that's up to you and we shouldn't really um, beat ourselves up if we feel we weren't quote unquote productive. And I thought that was a, a good, um, I thought that was a good advice. And then she went
2: through a number of uh, two or three, four you, or you five a, other, other yeah, issues. you did a great job of giving a summation to the, to the piece actually. And I think you're right. Like uh, you and I have actually been pretty busy since this all began. We've been busy with our consulting and our agency work, and that's still going on. And I'm happy for that because uh, we could do it a all re- rem- remotely. But there was this notion that as everybody started to self quarantine, there was going to be all this great stuff. We're going to go through the closets. Going to go through pictures. We're going to f- finish that photo album. You're going to learn how to dance. i going to learn how to draw <laughs> and paint. <laughs> Whatever. You're learn Maybe.
1: Japanese.
0: <laughs> Neat.
2: Do you know what? Cow, you're boy. gonna love
0: this. It just as a sidebar. So you know Matt. You know we all love yeah. Matt, right? So I said to him, I said, you know, I'm down here in Delaware. I really feel I should be back in Pennsylvania. I could clean my closet. I can clean my office. I could clean the yard, get the porch ready. He's like, why would this isolation be any different than your normal normal time? And I was like, screw you. <laughs> He knows you too well, right I was so, so he he's like you've well. yeah you've been talking about cleaning that closet for five years I don't know why <laughs> the epidemic why all of a sudden is this a problem with the, with the pandemic why is it a problem?
2: So, well, um, so she actually goes through a couple things in here that I thought was interesting. I understand that everybody's muddling through with us as well, so you're not the only one dealing with uh, the pandemic and everybody's doing that. Be compassionate to yourself, as Tim just said a minute ago. This one was fascinating to me, uh, this identify your grief. And at first, it doesn't sound like you might want to be thinking along those lines because everybody's talking about we're going to get through this, see you on the other side, let's be positive. But the fact of the matter is you can in fact be, you can in fact experience grief because I think we all know every single person is being touched by this. And that when we get to the other side of it, I don't think any of us really knows what that is or what it looks like. And, you know, I I've been thinking about this a lot lately on walks or bike rides. I'll think about like, wow, you know, I I I really took for granted like going to a concert or going to a movie because and sitting Right. right next to somebody, right? I'm sure we'll get back to that someday, but I, I think this is going to permanently be, change behavior. And it's okay to recognize that and grieve over it, right? Right, and that,
0: that was, and that's that's the key point there. It's okay. We're all going through this together, and no one knows how to go through it. And if you're not feeling good emotionally or physically, or you're exhausted, it, it, don't beat yourself up because it, it may just be the grief that you're trying to trying to process. The um, the other one was recognize. Uh, recognize that what's going on can trigger mental health issues in a lot yeah. of us. And I think this leads to further what you said of, am I am I just keeping myself busy because I want to avoid something else? Maybe I had depression before this, right? Just a lot of people that, that go through depression or that there were other issues that may be exacerbated by this and you're just trying to block them. I, I thought that one was a little bit... Um, um, I thought it was insightful, but I thought it was a little heavy, I guess, for versus some of the other some of the other recommendations they gave because the stress eating, weight gain, um, just that whole isolation and trying to to come with yourself. I just I didn't know whether this one was uh, as light as some of the other ones. Right. If if you had a drinking problem, for instance, you, this isn't the time to start
2: drinking. Right. <laughs> it reminds me of the movie was it airplane this is the worst yeah. the, i picked the wrong week to give up glue i kept picked the wrong week to give up cigarettes it's like picked the wrong pandemic to give up a bad habit yeah um the triggering the mental health thing i think i i circled that one as well because um if if I think that's we're lucky enough to not experience some symptoms that people do, but isolation, being by yourself, uh, limited contact, these are all going to be triggers, and boy, that's going on in spades. Um, I think she balanced that, though, with this next piece where she says, focus on the here and now, and I think that that could pull you back from all these worries because the here and now is you're in your home, you're doing things, maybe you're surrounded by friends or maybe you're going to do a little chat with someone via Zoom or Google Hangout later, and that's a positive thing to think about. And then she ends with basically saying, remember, this is fully unprecedented. And I can't emphasize that enough. Um, I don't think any of us have lived through. Well, you know, any veteran that's alive from World War Two could probably talk to us about what the country was going through during that um, incredible world war. But even they would probably say, wow, this is something I've never experienced. Right. Yeah. And I. And, and that's kind of where I've been on this. I don't know
0: what to say when I've talked to people. I really don't know. I don't know what to say in some regards, because I don't know how to feel about this other than I. This isn't something that's just happening in a city or a state um, when we ha- when 9-11 happened and New York was attacked and then D.C. and the, and the plane crashing in the fields of P.A., it certainly changed, uh, changed the world but it was an isolated incident i don't mean it to, to make light of it but it was new york city um centric for a bit this when you see pictures of london or paris or um glo- these major global cities around the world that are just empty it's doing it's it's the whole world is shut down basically right? yeah. and i and i yeah. don't know what to say about it because it's either going to ruin a lot of people's lives or but but what can you do about it and that's where I, th- I think that that's where the grief or the, or the, the, um, the, the, the sense of not knowing what to do comes into play and you can make you very depressed.
2: I think it's going to, I think it's permanently changed the trajectory of many, all of us. And, and then the, you know what I think about a lot, like I went on a bike ride yesterday, it was sunny and beautiful. It was like 62 up here. And I had this 32-mile ride mapped out to go south of us and check out a, a ride that I haven't done in a while. Amazed to see the change in the properties, some new houses going up, some stuff, you know, things like that. And when there's no foliage right. on the trees, you could really see lakes and things like that. But I'm riding along and I'm thinking to myself, are, are we all cognizant of the fact that we are at this precise moment losing chunks of our way of life and they may never come back? And I'm talking about restaurants, how we socialize with each other. When can we go to a concert again or a ball game or a football game? And I think that's a very important thing to acknowledge. And you can be grief stricken about that because I was thinking about kids in high school who are not going to graduate. That was a big thing for you and me. Graduation was cool. College seniors who can't graduate um, and have that celebratory moment. People who have lost loved ones in the hospital, they couldn't even say goodbye to because they weren't allowed in due to quarantine issues. So it's a pretty phenomenal thing. And I and I got back from this, and I just said to Bob, I said, oh, my God. I said, sometimes it hits you in the face that we are processing on a daily basis an immense amount of emotional information about this. And then you turn on the news. And that's a whole other layer, right? Whole other layer.
0: Yeah, I've had to, um, you and I have talked about this. I've turned the news off. I'll read. I'll read about what's happening. And maybe you check the Times or the Post or something. But yeah, i I don't I don't think any, particularly, and I watch um, MSNBC, no surprise, but um, I don't think they're doing any favors uh, uh, with this whole thing, just trying to fill in the 24 hours.
2: Uh, well, neither is 24 hours a and day. and by the way, no. I, I picked up your advice from years ago when I used to be an agency for Tim. We were doing uh, gay and lesbian marketing back in the day, LGBT marketing. And Tim said to me, You need to subscribe to all the anti LGBT sites and newsletters and start seeing what they're saying about the community. He goes, And that's a very, and so I began that. I guess it would be like Oppo research. I I don't even know what else you'd call it. So I'm in the habit now of watching Fox for a little bit and also going to Breitbart News or Breitbart, whatever you pronounce it. Um, I've said this before that Breitbart's fascinating. So, They'll report like Governor Cuomo says the following, and it's an accurate article. There's nothing wrong with it. It's statistically correct. Here's what the governor said. The real action is not in what they're reporting. It's in the comments section below. And I'll go down to that comments section. And I I am stunned by the amount of people, maybe it's five, who knows, or 5,000, who think this is an elaborate hoax. It was all done to take Trump down. And it was down to ruin the stock market. And, you know, every and the worst part is it's happening in those states that are godless, the blue states, the, the, the demitards, the whole bit. And I just think to myself, wow, OK, so what about Italy, Spain, France? You know, you could just the whole world, right? Are they in on the hoax, too? Are they taking our <laughs> Is everybody in Paris off the streets, everybody? We, got, we need a shot so that we could the Americans can think that, you know, it's crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Well, they're all, yeah, they're all, they're all against, uh, they're all against Trump. He's the great savior. I, 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 I get, I get, um, I get frustrated because it really is, 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 is as you said, it's uh, you, you read some of the comments and you just shake your head. We, we're, we're a lot more as, as Americans, we're all, a lot more alike than we are on sure. we, we heard that from Maya Angelou used to often say that, but Sometimes you get you just it was like when people would blame George Bush for knocking down the World Trade Center
2: I never understood that one I never ever oh. ever in a million years understood how you could come up with how would he even wake up one morning and say I've yeah. got a great idea, right?
0: I mean, it's absurd It's absurd or the or that that sandy hook was a hoax and and you know having grown up three miles from there Believe me. That was not a hoax. It was so bad My my dad actually as a sidebar had to take my nieces over to show them where these kids were buried those twenty-some kids that were killed because there was a lot of that nonsense going around that that didn't really happen. So it's dangerous, and I and I can't believe that um, that some of these people that uh, spew some of this this nonsense don't get uh, don't get stopped by it. Yeah, uh, it's it's anyway. hey,
2: it's the First Amendment, right? And we have on the line joining us Don from Alabama, who we have not heard from in a long Uh-oh. time. So Don, welcome to the program.
4: Hi guys. Uh, How you doing, my friend? 20- I, we're actually we're doing pretty well uh grandma governor uh issued a stay at home order with the quote, and this is an honest to god quote y'all stay home unless you got something you need to go out and do close quote <laughs> gotta love I love Dann uh, governor y'all stay uh, home unless you got something to do unless y'all got something you need to go do close quote so but uh no it it's very interesting here because. So many of the the things that are going on are just, it's kind of frozen. And in sort of an odd way, there's two things I want to contrast because, you know, I'm ancient. Um, I go back to the early 80s when the AIDS pandemic exploded. And to a certain extent, I'm reminded of some of the things that I was having to do with in, in that era when it was... A much different dynamic, but a similar sort of reaction, because within the gay community, you knew you, you know up until things were clarified, you didn't know how this was transmitted and how things were happening, so you were to a certain extent isolating, and then there was the effort to care for one another. And this is eerily kind of reminiscent of that to me, and then it's sort of con- sort of also along the lines of what things were like around here right after 9/ 11 because everything was really quiet and really calm and, you know, people weren't out quite as much. And I'm just wondering how will this nation come out of this
2: event? You know, Don, that, Don, that is, you know, your HIV comment is something that I've been thinking about a lot because I saw this surgeon general speak the other day and he said something to the effect of this. He goes with the masks, the whole bit, assume, that everyone is positive for the coronavirus. Now, if you're gay and if you're a gay male and you are of a certain age, the the term positive in itself could strike fear into your heart because it truly oh, yeah. was a death sentence back then. But that's exactly how people spoke to you when you were at a doctor's office. Uh, assume everybody's HIV positive. Assume this, yeah. assume that. And then the, the testing and the antibodies. So there's this eerie parallel between pandemic and epidemic and um and I agree with you about 9/11 the nation stopped for a while and then everybody picked themselves up and seemed to return to their behaviors I'm not sure what's going to come out of this um, I don't think anybody is frankly and uh, if if someone has a crystal ball let us know but my biggest thought is I'm I'm looking at the positive and I'm saying to myself whatever happens on the other side of this if you want to make a change in your life potentially with your career or education I bet that's the time to do it because you may be forced to.
4: Oh yeah, um, I've, you know, I've got some uh, uh, my accountant and then several guys in finance and banking said, if you need to reinvent yourself financially, if you need to wipe your slate clean, you have you've not been given any better excuse in your life than what's going on right now.
0: Here's a oh, that's interesting.
4: completely reinvent yourself.
0: That's Did, an interesting does that, comment. Don, ahead, does Danielle. that does that does that mean from a standpoint of career, if you said you wanted to do a different career? Yeah,
4: I mean to to totally. I mean, let's let's just be kind of sort of brutally honest about it. If let's say you're buried in in debt, and you know you've been fighting against that that current, you know, for uh, you know eight, ten, twelve, fifteen years, this is no better excuse than to just say, okay. I'm letting all that go. I'll go through the bankruptcy process or I'll go through whatever other process is necessary and come out the other end with a much cleaner slate because essentially at this point in time what is it uh, that they say is that uh, 1500 small businesses are failing every 24 hours right now.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it's true.
4: You know, at at the end of this however many weeks or months, we're going to have, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of small businesses some large businesses that will not come out of the back end of this, they're all going to go through that expunging process. You know, in 2008, it was always odd to me that the government made the banks whole but put the homeowners on the street. Here's sort of a chance to sort of turn that dynamic a little bit around and accept the fact that the wave is here, ride that wave and see what kind of positive result you can build with it.
2: And I've, You you know, I've, that's come up. Yeah, Don, I think that's one of the, frankly, I think it's one of the one or two ways to look at it. I'm not sure that there's another way because I think you're 100% right. We're all seeing people, you know, follow the instructions, uh, get close to their friends and family. But as every day progresses, the world that we were all running around in is literally evaporating before our eyes. And I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine in banking. And I said, if this went on, let's say you're a Dr. Fauci and you said, Ideally everybody's gonna stay in place till July and then you open the doors. Well when you walk out of your house in July, there will be no economy left. There's what what what's gonna be there? So I, I said to my friend who's in banking, how do we even assess value going forward? Like, okay, so that piece of land is worth what? Well, before the coronavirus it was this after <laughs> it's just like a strange thing, right?
4: Correct. But 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 that's you know, but but that's
2: absolutely true is
4: that you know, everything, you know, the value of the dollar is X, and the value of that is, is based on full faith and credit of the United States. You know, your house was worth $500,000 in January. Well, the dollar is now worth a percentage of X, or it's been inflated, deflated, excuse me, because of the $2.5 trillion that has been dumped into the, into the economy what is, you know, if your house is now worth $400,000, you know, everything, it, it, it's interconnected, I guess is what I'm trying to say very inarticulately, is that the way our systems are, everything is is so incredibly interconnected. Um, my Houston office, which principally works with high-end casual dining, um, you know, we went into survival mode with that office for about, 14 days before we started seeing all the restaurants closing. Fortunately, you know, that office had picked up several of these, uh, dock in the box offices, which saw an explosion of business. But it was interesting how I have not had to lose many of my, of my people functionally, but they have shipped, they have shifted from, you know, menus and
2: table tents to, posters and telemedicine (laughs) your example is so perfect because it's restaurants menus and table tents to dock in a box sign in here stay six feet away your scan your insurance card there kind of stuff like city md or whatever you might have down there wow but see how you're pivoting
4: yes but i know i also know here in huntsville three agencies have collapsed uh because there just simply isn't enough business in the local market to sustain them. And the clients that they had have, you know, all gone into survival mode. So, wow,
2: wow, that's yeah, true.
4: It, it, it's, a, it's a punch. And like I said, it would be very interesting to see how the nation reimagines itself after this. And uh, I think a lot of that, kind of hate to bring it back to this, but a lot of that's going to depend on, um, that uh, November morning, we're all going to wake up to when we find out who's going to be in the White House.
2: Yep, I think that's going to be a big one. And um, that November morning, that, that's presupposing that we are back in back on some normality track, that we can actually go out and vote. Maybe we stand three feet away from somebody or whatever, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you there. The, what a strange year. I don't think anybody on January 1st, 2020 was going to say, wow, guess what, folks? We're in for a wild, wild, life-changing, nation-changing, wealth-eradicating year, right?
4: Well, that person would have been the guy who on, on that January day went out and bought all the N95 masks, Purell, and toilet paper he could find, and then is now selling it at a premium on eBay
2: gouging people yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right my friend don thank you for checking Thanks, in guys. with us hey stay safe and stay, uh, stay stay healthy down there
4: we're doing good down here it's just uh the uh, the blue origin factory has shut down uh they're building their rocket engine facility here and so that's just outside my window view and we've been waiting to see when they kick back up
2: that's uh Jeff Bezos' operation, right? That's
4: Jeff be- yeah, Jeff Bezos has a massive rocket factory down here now. I mean, Luke. it's huge. It's uh side of a of a football stadium.
2: <laughs> all right. Thank you, des- my friend. <laughs> Take care. Bye guys. Bezos gotta deliver to Mars, right, Sean? That's te- that's uh Musk wants to go to Mars. Bezos just wants to be the guy that gets you up into orbit and back. But they're all doing the private space race thing, which is kinda cool. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up. We want to thank everyone for making the time to join us today. Um, focusgroupradio.com is our URL, and that's where you can go to check out all the information there is to know about me and Tim. Well, there's a little other things lurking around, but what we want you to know is at focusgroupradio.com. Big thanks to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Uh, all your freelance needs could be met by them. I think you'll have a fun time checking them out. And if you uh, use the code FOCUS, you'll get 10% off your very first order with Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And of course, a very big thanks to our partner here at Deep Discount. The $10 and under sale. Fill your basket. Get ready to binge watch anything you like on that sale. Releases this week are um, The Rise of Skywalker, Little Women, and under the 10 sale, Tim recommended American Gigolo, and I said source code. Sorry, buddy. Don't text and drive. I'll arrive alive, and although... I guess people aren't really texting and driving because no one's driving. Anyway, we'll see you here next week. (laughs) It's the
1: Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning Focus Group.